It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The vibes were much better. The Nuggets were really good. The Blazers are bad. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome in to Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. We are... There's a dog that's so excited to Adam. Can house. you see, can you hear that? Oh wow, that's like just, in the distance. Like jumping to go uh, yeah. for Locked On Nuggets after the Nuggets get a win versus the Portland Trailblazers. Want to thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. On today's show, lots to get to. Uh, a big win over the Blaze, not a big win. Uh, a a <laughs> big win margin wise over the Blazers. Yeah. A get right spot. We're going to talk about what the Reno was like, what the team is like, my observations from pregame through postgame and all those types of things. Lots of news to get to. MPJ, is he going to come back? We're going to talk about where the DeMarcus Cousins situation is at. Uh, the bull bull trade that did not happen. Upward. We're going to get to all that today on the show. As a reminder, you can catch us on YouTube, which is where we stream these live. And you can join in the chat. Already got some folks coming in to talk Uh Zamora King says, good morning, you beautiful people. What a lovely message. Um, <laughs> what a love. I love when people spread positivity on the internet. Such so rare. It's good so job, rare. Zamora. So big, <laughs> big ups to Zamora. So uh, here we are. Uh, real quick. I just want to say on that note, we're in a world. I literally just, today. I can't even like get out like the score. I can't even get the score out before you're like, real quick. I interruptions. <laughs> No, I was just going to say that, you know, if you, one, subscribe to us on YouTube, if you're at work or whatever, then you also hit that little bell when you hit the subscribe button right next to the bell, and it'll send you a push notification whenever we go live. So if you do like joining us, like we have a bunch of people in the chat right now, you never want to miss it, just hit that little bell, and that way you'll always know when we're live and you can interact with us on the show. Um, I want to push you, or I want I, I want to give you pushes. I want to give you push notifications. I want to push you around. I will. I will. <laughs> oh That's right. God. That's a Matchbox 20 drop. Let's go. <laughs> at 10.19 in the morning mountain time. All right. Uh, last night, the Nuggets get a very comfortable, very satisfying 140-108 win over the Portland Trailblazers or whatever is left of the smoldering heap Please. of that franchise. Um, no CJ McCollum, no Damian Lillard, no Norman Powell, the absolute dregs of the roster, except for of Nurkic, franchise cornerstone, Ooh, oh boy. Oh boy. Do I have thoughts on use of Nurkic, but more importantly, I got thoughts on Will Barton and how much Will Barton helped the Nuggets last night. Everything that you saw in the Clippers game from can't get their own shot, can't create anything off ball, can't do anything. Will Barton comes back and you're like, oh, okay. That's, that's what it looks like when you have your starting two guard. Um, Barton was fantastic last night before he left the game with a neck injury after slamming into uh, use of Nurkic. That was uh, a scary moment where he was down for several minutes. I was very concerned for Will. Glad to see he got up. He was moving around and I think he dunked during a, a timeout too. So I think he's going to be okay. Even if he has to miss uh, the Lakers game, we'll see. To, uh, last night, 21 points for Will Barton on 7 of 12 shooting, 
four rebounds, two assists. Nikola Jokic did not have to lead the team in scoring. That's always a good sign. He was great. Uh, Aaron Gordon was very quiet, but he did all the things that you need him to do. Eight boards, four assists. Jeff Green dunked the ball like 800 times. Well, no, uh, 19- no, say it. He dunked it five times, which we found out from like the stats people with the Nuggets that it's actually the most since 2008. I think that was the stat we saw. Like, I love these stats coming out about Jeff Green. I have no idea what's going on with him, but this dude, he is like such a fun dunker. Yeah, he really is. He Man, he used to... It back in the day uh, with the Thunder, <laughs> he was in like he had some of my favorite dunks. Like he was the best dunker on that OKC team, even better than Russ and KD. He was mm. a phenomenal dunker on those on those Man, Thunder teams. Better than Russ. Russ is also a great yeah. in-game dunker. Yeah, no, Jeff because Jeff really? can do the the full on tomahawk. Yeah, like yeah, he can do the yeah. full on tomahawk with a, a big old leap on it. Um, great night from Faku Campazzo. Great bounce back spot for him. Seven of ten shooting, eighteen points. 12 assists, four steals, the nutmeg at Can I ask you, is that a nutmeg if it's a dribble and not a pass? I thought it had to be a pass. I thought so too. I it's funny you bring this up because I thought the same thing. I we do need another name for the one where it's a nutmeg dribble. Uh, because it's also a great move. It's it's more rare, but I'm I'm with you. I thought the same thing when everyone called it a nutmeg. I guess in soccer, that's what a nutmeg is usually, right? As you do, it's actually more of a self-pass. So maybe yeah. that's a true nutmeg, and the past nutmeg is the one that's different. So it would be very easy for me as the always bring it down when it's up, always bring it up when it's down guy to be like, well, look, this team wasn't really – like this was the – come on, it's the Blazers. Let me make this very, very clear. This is a great win. You want to know why? The Nuggets are now 14-6 and six on the season versus teams under 500. That is a yeah. good mark. You want to try and keep that number under 10 for the season. It's a little bit – it's okay to be a little bit higher. If necessary, there. I'm here. Uh, yeah, I can see. Did I freeze again? No, I actually have lost uh, the page that my screen is on. Um, so <laughs> getting these wins, getting these wins versus those types of teams is really important. Like, this is what the second half of the schedule is. Uh, there are good teams sprinkled throughout. They got to play the Warriors a bunch. They play the Lakers a few times. Um, but for the most part, when you look through the schedule, there's a lot of spots where they're going to have an opportunity to get wins versus bad teams. I said this from the very beginning when the schedule came out. I said the Nuggets schedule is easy, but it's backloaded. It's everything on the backside of it is is easy. They need to win these games. This is how they're going to get in the playoffs. This is how they're going to avoid the play-in, is winning these games. and. Yeah. Bouncing back, especially winning your first, second half since November, which Malone mentioned Jeez. pregame, which just like head explode yeah. about, um, was was very good. I think for everybody, just to be like, okay, like let's yeah. let's put the hammer down, win a second half, win comfortably, no letdowns. Yes, you were at a huge advantage, and you should win, but that's the point. Win the games that you should win until you get Jamal back and whoever else, and then right. you can worry about beating the good teams, getting into the playoffs. Focus on winning these games. It was a great performance. Not only that, I mean, you look at it, you're right that this Blazers team was so bad that it's hard to say like, oh, it was a good win just to beat them. You needed to beat them by a lot, and that's what happened. 140 points you put up, which is okay. That's what you expect. They actually perform the way you would expect against a really bad team. But then more importantly, or equally as importantly, 
there were certain like little boxes you wanted to check here. Faku have a good game, you know, kind of a bounce back. Absolutely. Played fantastic. He was incredible. Bones Highland. You needed to see him make some three pointers. Well, he had tied a career high with five of them. Zeke Naji, you wanted to feel good about, see something positive. Four offensive rebounds, 16 and nine, six of eight shooting. Um, even, you know, the Jeff Green part. Will Barton hasn't really had a lot of really good games. This one, I thought this was one of his better games that we've seen since that opening, you know, 10 game stretch or whatever. I thought he was fantastic in every facet of this game. And he even looked like he had a little pep in his step. So to me, you did want to see, and then you mentioned the second half. That was the other box you wanted to check. So all of these things, it's not just that they won. It's that they checked a lot of the boxes that you were like, this is what I want to see tonight. So to me, I agree. It actually is a good win. And especially when we talk about the six game homestand within the context of how important the stretch is, that was the right way to start this and hopefully build some momentum for what is going to be a very big weekend for the Nuggets. I have a, a little moment to share with you. Um, Nurkic, as he is wont to do, was vacillating between being completely lazy and checked out and moping and pouting and then like dealing with this frustration by giving hard screens and elbows and those types of things because that's how he gets. And he gave uh, Monte a pretty hard screen and Jokic, like after the play, like Jokic came up to him and kind of patted him. And then on the very next play, Jokic grabbed the ball and whipped around him for an easy score. Like it was just, <laughs> it, and like, it was very much like a, Hey, I'm not going to put 40 on you. Yeah. Don't make me. <laughs> um, I love that story. That's a great one. So, yeah, it was, it was a great, uh, it, it was a, I thought it was a really good Jokic game just because look, tw 28 and seven in 28 minutes. I, I, this is one of my things I love about Jokic is that he does not feel the, the need to be like, I'm going to run up my numbers in this game because I so can true. and it's easy. Like he if you if he needs to score 40, he's going to try and score 40. If he needs to put up numbers, he's going to try and put up numbers. If it's a game where everybody else can eat, he doesn't have to. He's totally a fine. Thousand percent. Yes, I actually brought this up the other day that I, I know I'm going to be the hater here. I'm going full hater. And I like Joel Embiid. I actually did a podcast with Dave, my buddy Dave DeFore today praising Joel Embiid and, and the year he's having. But he is definitely 1,000% a guy who tonight would have put up 40 points. It like bumped yes. that average up a little bit. And yes. they've been like, oh, this is a feel-good and bead game. I think Jokic was the guy that's like, you know what? Barton, we need to get him going. You know, all these other guys, I can just do my job tonight. And and I, I also love that about him. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the vibes because from the very – I will say this. Malone came in for pregame and I was really curious to see what he would be like, right? Because like that loss was catastrophic versus the Clippers. Um, his vibe was very different last night. He was, he was introspective. He was like, he mentioned that before he mentioned that in the, the meeting in the morning that he'd asked the assistant coaches, uh, he said, what do you think was harder? The bubble last season or this right. season? And to me, like one, it's, it's not a good thing that he's in that mind spot because that literally means that he is forced to reconcile with like how not tra traumatic too hard of a word, but how difficult and um, burdensome the last couple of seasons have been on him personally. But I do think that that introspection probably leads to some realizations. He mentioned that, you know, recovering from that game, he said, yes, you deal with it. You face it. You know, you deal with like how upset you were and how, how tough that loss was. But then you bring everybody in and you hug them and you let them know that you care about them because like you move on from it. And it was a nice, like, 
I will. I'm not gonna get too far ahead. We'll see how they do over the next couple of games, right? Because the schedule's tough over this next stretch during the homestand. But it did feel a little bit like when he kind of realized in 2018 that he was choking up too hard. Little, yeah. little bit, little, little bit. And when I went out and was on was watching the court, I kind of saw the same thing. Like the the vibe was much better. Like that team played free and easy and seemed like they wanted to be there and they were glad to be with each other. Uh, and they seemed much less burdened by everything. Maybe it's just, you know, being home, fun opponent, et cetera. But the team genuinely played with uh joie de vie last night. And oh, I think that that's important. Ooh, ooh. Um, basketball is such a beautiful sport. And a lot of this is that everything takes such a balance. You need to be able to knock down the three, but you can't, get fall too far in love with the three you've got to also attack you got to find the right balance the same thing is true i think emotionally you can't let things slide you've got to be hard you've got to be intense but you can't be too intense you can't be too hard on the guys you got to have a little yeah. bit of freedom and i think that for a, an 82 game season you constant like the best teams can stay more balanced it's kind of like this the entire you know the seed maybe you get a little out you oh you correct but most teams are going to have moments where things kind of fall out of whack and you have to like constantly reflect and, and say, okay, I need to push back the other way now. And I need to kind of balance it out. And I, I agree with you. Malone was very reflective in his pregame commentary. And I have to imagine the last 48 hours for him were a very reflective 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, so there's not much more to cover. I don't think on the game, like we could do like an X's and O's breakdown of what worked, but this was the Nuggets played their brand of basketball. They had more energy, more life, and were way better one through 12 um, than what was left of the Blazers. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff to get to, which we'll get to after the break, because I want to get into a lot of the news around the Nuggets, and we'll talk about more of where the team is at, and we'll look at uh, the games coming up this weekend. Big weekend. The Jazz. Really big weekend, weekend for the Nuggets. We'll do that when we come back. But first, I want to tell you about prize picks. You know, you've been hearing us tell you about prize picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Because if you haven't, now's the perfect time. For a limited time, prize picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our Listeners, users get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you got to use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who use code NBA. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS operator and offer all the superstar players as well as the bench players. I've been playing props. One of the things I've been doing is taking um, assists over for teams that play teams that play at the level like Denver used to, um, and then take the under for teams that play more drop because of the changes in that. A little bit of a tip mm. for me. Prize picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. You pick two to five players and over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times an entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks also allows mixed sport entries. So you can get in on the NFL playoffs this weekend as well. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepicks.com today or go to your App Store and download the app. Users that deposit and use our promo code NBA, again, get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use promo code NBA get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked On Nuggets your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen. 
the Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Back here with Adam Morris, second segment here after the Nuggets get a win versus the Portland Trailblazers. So, um, Adam, let's talk about a number of things that we should probably get to. Where do you want to start? We got a lot of stuff on the docket here. Where do you want to start? Well, I guess the Bull Bull stuff is the most recent, maybe most fresh. So you can yeah. you can start there. So let's do this. Um, Bull gets, let's just recap the situation. Bull gets traded to the Pistons uh, in exchange for Roddy Magruder and a second round pick. And we covered it in real briefly on, on the last show. Then, after they'd announced the trade, posted it on Twitter, given Bull Bull's number to James Ennis, right? Detroit comes back and uh, pending the physical, which almost always gets cleared, Detroit fails the physical. The tr- trade is off. No trade. Mm. Um, mm. So, this is the official stance. The official stance is that is the foot is that the Pistons found something with Bull Bull surgically repaired foot, and so he is not. Uh, does not clear their requirements and therefore they fail them. The Nuggets are adamant that there is nothing on their end, that their doctors, training staff, experts, everyone that's talked to, to Bull has cleared that foot, that there are no problems there, um, which is why. By the way, I, I texted my buddy, Dr. Balaji, who I always text to for this stuff. And his response was, doctors shouldn't be have disagreements about imaging. <laughs> that was That was his response to me. So take that for what you will. So, wait, say that again. One, say that one to me one more Doctors minute. should not have disagreements about imaging, meaning it's, it seems very fishy that two doctors can look at the same imaging and say, and have different opinions on it, meaning imaging right. is usually pretty clear on these matters. Okay. That's interesting. Um, so, look, regardless of the reason, this is where we're at. The ramifications are bad all over on the Nuggets side and the Bull side, right? Because... The Nuggets are now going to have to try and engage with teams for bowl and try and convince them. And those teams are immediately going to be like, wait, 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 what, what, what did the Pistons find that you didn't? Because you said that it was fine and they said it wasn't. And so there's going to be like a heightened level of scrutiny. Like, do you even want to mess with that? Like, do you want to mess with that at all? Um, that's a problem. It's bad for Bulb just because, like he, like he was ready to move on from that chapter. Like they were all ready to move on from that chapter. You know, Malone talked about how he left on good terms. I don't know how much I believe that overall, given some of the things that Bulls liked on social media and his general attitude. But he's said, uh, but Malone said that they were in, on a, in a good place and they wished him well and wanted good things for him. And now Bull doesn't get that fresh start. Uh, I do wonder if this is just simply going to be a matter of eventually the Nuggets just wind up paying out the remainder and waving him. I just wonder if that's going to have to be the end result of this, that there's just going to have to be a wave. You take away one suitor. I mean, there's only a handful of suitors that you look at that you say, okay, it makes a lot of sense for them to go. Detroit's one of them. They're the worst team in the NBA. Okay, you take a flyer on an upside guy. Um, so there's no question. And then, yeah, just anytime we saw immediately after this news dropped, I mean, like within 30 minutes after this news dropped, DeMontis Monte Yunus, one of my old favorites, Demo, back in the day of a little blast from the past. He 
tweets in anger basically saying yeah this same thing happened to me with detroit they i you know get traded to them they void the trade at the last minute and all of a sudden i have this black mark on me and nobody wants to take a flyer i'm damaged good so he personally was upset about this thing with bowl because he's saying hey the same thing happened and this affects somebody's career so i don't know if it'll have the same impact on bowl well i mean obviously that was an opportunity for him to go and shine and now it's one less opportunity um, but yeah, to me, this is a little strange. I'm just going to say, so somebody in the comments, Nicholas is saying, people disagree. This is the quote I got from, from when I talked, texted my doctor buddy, who again is a, um, orthopedic, uh, surgeon. So like he deals with sports medicine all the time. He says, most radiologists should agree. I assume the radiologist here should have a similar thought process. I think it's probably an excuse to avoid the trade. That was his interpretation of the details that were made public. So, and on this on this one, a disagreement on the imaging. I'm sorry, he's saying they shouldn't have one in this instance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like I don't know the details of um, the. I, I honestly don't know. Like I, I have not like dug into Bulbul's medical history to know enough about the foot injury, right? Like, you know, you're never a doctor, but you try and learn as much as you can about various injuries. I have no idea. It seems weird to me. It seems very weird. The stuff with Modiahunas, I think, is very interesting too. In that, I don't. I don't, again, here's another thing I don't know. I don't know if the training staff is the same as when he was there. Like right. they may have because the Nuggets have carried over their training staff from previous regimes. Right. Right. But with Troy Weaver having come in a couple of years ago, like, I just don't know. I don't know if the, if the doctors have changed or if it's all the same people. I have no idea. But we know this also from the Michael Porter situation. And look, you know, the Clippers doctor was the one that checked him out and said all these things. And then all, and everybody just goes off of that report. So we know that this stuff kind of has a hive, you know, you, you put a label on a guy and all of a sudden everybody, everybody you know, looks at him this way. So I understand what a player is saying when something like this happens, you really hope yeah. that everything checks out appropriately when, when something like this happens. I also um, want to note that it, for people wondering, like, why aren't the Nuggets playing him or why? And there's a lot of people that are like, why won't, you know, why, why, why won't they trade him? And it's like, look, they would love to like, it's not like there's, it's not like the, the Pistons said no. And then immediately the Nuggets had another deal lined up 30 seconds after. Right. Like there's a reason that he's available on the market. Um, Mike Singer of the Denver Post believes that Bull will be back with the team. That's what he believes. So take that for what it's worth. I well, don't know. How could, you, how could you not? I mean, I don't know that this is a situation. Because I, I would probably lean to like if, if I were in that spot, I would likely be like, hey, why don't you stay home? And we'll f figure out if we can find a place for you. Because that's there's a level of embarrassment, I think with the whole situation that I, I have a little bit of sympathy for bowl about. Oh, I definitely have sympathy. It sucks. I definitely have sympathy, mm -hmm. but I'm also just of the mind of like, you know, this is the job. Sure. It's That's a fair. weird job, but not most jobs have trades. True. <laughs> you, you Thank can't God get traded. Locked on Lakers, Matt. You've been traded. <laughs> like, can you imagine how weird that would be? Like, wow. Well, all right. I guess. Um, so, Oh God, I have to live in LA. Ugh. Um, so, <laughs> That's that's one thing on the docket. There's been a lot of questions about the DeMarcus Cousins situation. I don't have anything for you on the DeMarcus Cousins situation. I'm talking to you, the listener. Like, I don't have anything on it. Um, I don't know what the hangup is. I don't know what the deal was. I had assumed that the delay was protocol, that he needed to, that he needed to clear protocol, and that was taking the delay. But now it seems like there might be a hangup um, based off of the One, the stuff that you talked about with uh, Shams, and those conversations, et cetera. Um, and then two, the timing of this and how long it's taken, it's taken to get there. So 
I don't know what the hangup is. I still yeah. kind of expect it to happen just because it feels weird that the Nuggets would, I, unless Cousins is making some sort of unreasonable demand, which why would he? Then I don't see why this yeah. wouldn't go ahead and happen. Well, the, if it does happen, I would expect it today because the Nuggets have a back-to-back this weekend. So, and, and you go up against you know notable big players, you know, with the Lakers and with uh, Utah. So, to me, I I would expect it to happen now. If it lingered it past this weekend, I'd be like, hmm, maybe something else is going on. It's just not going to go through. Um, what else we got? I think what else is on the um, because there's so much other stuff. news and notes. There's so much stuff around. It's been there's been a lot of stuff going on. It's been oh MPJ. Let's talk MPJ real quick before we go to break. There was smoke for a while. It's like it's it's getting smokier. Yeah. Okay. So MPJ. MB, MPJ has a video of him shooting, right? And you had mentioned that your understanding was that it wasn't ruled out. You mentioned that before. Um, that is kind of where I think the situation is at. There is a non-zero chance that MPJ returns this season. I think the timing remains very difficult. And yeah, I think oh, no question. Like, like, this is kind of the thing is, if he gets back, it's going to be like, hey, it's March, like the best case scenario is like, hey, it's March 22nd, 25th. You've got essentially three weeks until the playoffs, maybe April. Do you want to try and get him back on the court, back in conditioning speed, just in time for the playoffs to start when it gets even messier? Like they, and the physicality gets really intense. Um, They were saying last night, apparently on the broadcast, I missed this, that like MPJ is having trouble just like jumping. Like he can shoot, but like jumping is difficult for him, which seems like a problem. Oh, I, Um, I don't think that's what they said on the broadcast. I think they said that the Nuggets are telling him not to jump. So yeah. I think it's more specifically, I don't know that he's having pain with it as much as they're like, there's a steps that you go through and we don't want you like putting too much bounce on it. Just yet. Apparently he, I'll say this, this is maybe the best news is apparently he feels really good. Right, right. That's like, that to me is like really good news is that he feels way better because as much as like I, some of the early season struggles, he was definitely injured but I was still like, right. mm, I don't know. Like a lot of this is like stuff that we saw before. If he was just in so much discomfort, that does explain a lot more. If it was just like a lot of pain and it, and if he feels that much better, um, that I think could be a lot better. Uh, I think he's I, six that, foot 11 and a super athlete. He missed a dunk. Like I've, I just have, I'm past the point of wondering if he was in pain. It's very clear. He was like, not, you know, not himself or what have you. Okay. Um, here, the thought process. So again, I, I always text the doctor whenever I have these questions. Um, he, he texts me on this one. He says extent of leg pain is what will limit him. And if he feels good and pain free, he can come back this season. So you're right. First of all, let me ask you this question. What's the Warriors record since Clay Thompson came back? Oh, I would say Owen three. No, they got one win. The first, I think they, they, they got one. I think they're one in three or one. In, I think it's one in three. And now is that because Clay Thompson's bad? No, there's always a shock to the system anytime you bring back a guy, even a guy like Clay Thompson, who's just like everybody feels good. With Murray, you expect there to be a shock to the system. There's yes. probably an immediate adrenaline hit. Yes. And then there's a figuring it out. Michael Porter obviously is even more so because he, even when he was fully healthy, sometimes it was a little bit like, okay, where does this guy fit in and, and, yeah. and this or that? 
even though the numbers were always great. I mean, let's let's be clear. Even when it was bad, it was good with Michael Porter. Um, so bringing him back obviously complicates it too. The one thing I would say, I'm curious if you try to line those up. I have no idea what the time frame is with Michael Porter. It sounds like it's maybe a little bit later. Do you try to line those up so you're giving a huge one huge shock to the system? And then number two, with Jamal Murray, I think everybody knows like you want him to come back, you want him to start, and you want to get him with Jokic and get that going because that's the identity of this team. So you have to redo it. With Michael Porter, I do feel like there is a, well, could we just bring him off the bench this year? If he comes back, could we just bring him off and play him 15 minutes a game and he's a corner three-point shooter? And if not, isn't that a good value add to have this like 50% corner three-point shooter that all he does is that? Yeah, and maybe this year you just, the, the understanding between player and team is, hey, we're not bringing you back to be the guy you can be. We're bringing, you know, your potential. We're bringing you back to make some threes for us, space the court, and play yeah. a low limits minutes. Next year, we'll get you back into the, you know, third best player on our team or whatever role. Yeah. I think Jamal starts. That's my personal opinion is I think Jamal, I, th- I think Jam- like, like yeah, I Thompson did, I think Jamal starts. Uh, oh, really? Right back. from game one. <laughs> yeah, I think he starts from game one. I think MPJ comes back off the bench if he comes back. So, but look, I'll just say this. If they get Jamal and MPJ back, that changes like everything, right? Easy back half of the schedule, lots of home games, get some momentum. The worst times are behind you. You push to the end. Even if you wind up in the sixth spot, I think you're okay. Because like, look, right now, right now, as we stand on it right now, the three six is Memphis. It's Memphis. Yep. It's Memphis Nuggets, which I think Memphis if you're Denver, so good. <laughs> what? especially worried about Memphis. Memphis oh yeah, is no, so they're good. really I'm good. Really they're really good. But here's the thing: I don't think you look at that like I wouldn't look at that and go, "That's an impossible task." Like I would not think no. that at all. So I no. think I think you can definitely. I think especially if it's three six and then. Um, I honestly kind of think that you want the Warriors. I think you want the Warriors versus the Suns. If you have to go through one, but not both, which you probably have to go through both. But if you only have to go through, if I told you you got to go through one of the Warriors and Suns, who would you pick? Oh, man. This is crazy to say, but I think Warriors. I, the Suns are just so well-rounded. They're so good. I, I, I think maybe Warriors. The and Warriors physical. have a way higher peak and a way lower floor. Yeah. I think I think Jokic's advantage in particular is much greater versus the Warriors than it is versus the Suns. I think his advantage is muted versus uh, the Suns, not mute, muted, just like quieter, um, right. because of like he's mentioned like the Aiden matchup, right? Like he's mentioned that that's that that's tough. And if you have that versus Kevon Looney and Draymond, who especially here's the thing, the Warriors would be like, we got to go to five, we got to go to small ball five, we got to switch everything, we got to play Draymond at five. Right. And we're going to, we're going to dare, like, if you can beat Draymond, okay. But if Jokic beats Draymond, the system breaks down. Like the system breaks if you, if you beat him. So um, that would be kind of the idea. And so I, you know, it's weird two days ago. And it's not because they got a win versus the Blazers last night. It's that being closer to the team. And we've talked about this before. You do get the sense that things are never as bad as they kind of seem when you're around. Of course. Yeah. yeah. The the players are like, yep, lost a game. Probably going to lose another one sometime. frustratingly so sometimes but yes it's true uh let's take a break we'll come back i want to talk about the games this weekend versus the lakers and the jazz big weekend coming up for the nuggets we'll do that when we come back 
But first, you know, the NFL playoffs are this weekend and the Broncos are, oh no, that's right. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. I have money on the Steelers versus that team I'm not going to mention. Just telling you, I am genuinely terrified for this game. I'm not jinxing it. I genuinely have money on the, on the Steelers. I am very concerned they're just going to find a way to WTF a win this weekend. Big payout, five to one. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, and boxing, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day and making this your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They've given you the expert analysis to get your bets in every single day. That's Locked On Bets, wherever you get podcasts. Back here with Adam Mara's final segment. All right, Adam, two games set at Ball Arena as the six-game homestand continues. You can tell that Michael Malone is very excited to be home. As one of his assistants told him, they've been home like, twice since thanksgiving and he was very annoyed right. at that schedule um so the lakers come in at what i would probably describe as their absolute nadir coming off of the loss to the kings their second loss to the kings this season they split the season series with the kangs always a warning sign um as nuggets fans well know so look it's lebron they've been playing lebron at small ball five that worked for a little while but the defense has been really bad when they do that. And I don't think that LeBron's going to want to be like, yeah, let me play Jokic for 35 minutes. That sounds fun at age 37. I'm very curious to see what lineups they use here, right? Because Dwight had a lot of success versus Jokic in the playoffs. No AD in this game. Um, this matchup is really interesting based off of how just how different the Lakers are this year and how much they need like a quality win. This is a, yeah. this is a, I wouldn't say it's a big game, but I would say it's a big, the Lakers games are always big because it's the Lakers. Yeah. But more importantly, this is a team that you're battling for the play in spot and getting a win. I think coming off of the Portland win being like, you know what? That Clippers spot was the low point. We've turned a corner. It would be really good, especially going into the Sunday game versus the jazz I think it'd be very good to get a win on Saturday. And also, weirdly enough, I think it's the standings will, will reflect this. You know, if the Lakers get a win, they're basically going to be tied with Denver in the standings. If Denver gets a win, they're going to be two games up on, on the Lakers in the standings, which is no small thing. Um, I do also feel like it's a big game for both teams. If the Nuggets can get that win, I think they feel better about themselves. You know, okay, we just beat LeBron. Yes, the Lakers have been shorthanded, but anytime you beat LeBron – uh, and conversely, if the Lakers get the win, it's definitely a statement win for them too. It's like, okay, we got a little bit, they just lost to the Kings. It's like, okay, we got something, uh, we got something going, but more to your point here, there's two things. Dwight Howard has been a pest for Nikola Jokic. He has gotten under his skin. He has frustrated him. He has drawn fouls against him, uh, at an absurd rate. So to me, I do want to see like, yo, how do you handle that now? Like he's out there to goon. Let's see how you, let's how you do it. And then number two, the Lakers have found some success with LeBron at center. And obviously that's an enormous compromise for them defensively. So Yoke should be the guy that can most take advantage of it. And I do expect we're going to see some LeBron versus Jokic matchups, which is just kind of funny to think about. 
Remember that the first time that, that Jokic scored on LeBron in the post? Oh, it's this, a top moment. Yeah. It was like the, the early days of Jokic where he scored on, on LeBron in the post. It was an it was an honestly like an a, a, an arrival moment. Like yeah. an okay, this guy had some something to him. Uh this is gonna shock you. Do you know who I think should play significant minutes in this game? Uh who? Baku Campazo. Why? Westbrook absolutely hates hates pests mm. he and he is a player that gets tilted and he responds by over aggressing he's trying very hard right now to try and find some sort of formula for success first it was the turnovers you can't have double digit att- uh, turnovers so he turns down the turnovers now it's like we can't shoot two of, of, of 12 from the field like nothing he does is working nothing he does is good right now and the fans are really brutal if Campazo is on the court, and here's the thing: if Campazo gets beat by Westbrook on the perimeter, Westbrook's been so bad finishing layups lately. I don't know that that's mm. a, that's a loss for the Nuggets. They used to be, but I don't know that that's a loss as long as you have some sort of over of help rotation on the other side. Campazo on Westbrook is not actually a bad. That's you can play drop versus Westbrook versus having to play up at the level, yeah. and I think you can play Faku and have him just annoy him and i think that's actually a pretty good matchup we'll have to see if barton's available that's gonna be a big key i think for the offense um the lakers offense has been much better because that's the the whole problem is like the lakers the nuggets offense has been bad when barton's not available um another thing that's kind of nice about having jeff green in this matchup is you don't have to put aaron gordon on lebron which i actually think is a good thing i think it's good to have gordon as like a help defender versus tasking gordon and being like Hey, I know that he's uh, about 1.25 times your size, but I'm going to need you to guard the greatest player in a generation. Being able to take turns, have it be like, all right, Jeff's going to take him for this this stint, and then we're going to switch it up and run Gordon on him. Um, those combinations, I think, are are better just in terms of surviving the onslaught that is LeBron. Yeah, you mentioned the Lakers' offense lately. They're actually number one offense over the last 10 games and like the number 26 defense or something. So, you know, and a lot of this is you put LeBron at center. Of course, you're not going to stop a lot of guys, but Jokic having to guard LeBron is also a mismatch. Like that's a double, yep. double-sided double mismatch. Right. So that's why I say this game will be a really interesting uh, sort of style fight. Lakers coming in with some rest. Have, have Jeff Green guard LeBron and Jokic can guard Westbrook. Oh my God! Can you imagine? <laughs> Might actually be kind of a funny little. Let's just see what happens if we do this. And just like completely play off of him, and just like yeah, like Yoga just stands three feet off of him and protects the rim. Oh, oh. I mean, the Nuggets need to make shots. I mean, this is a big part of it. Is you know, if the Lakers can score, and it may, you know, they probably will score against Denver just just with the the weirdness and the style that they play. It's just, can Denver make shots? Last night, they shot 50%. Their guys were in rhythm that from, uh, from the three-point line. They felt good. If you're at home, two games in a row now, do you do you knock down shots? If so, I do think you can put too much pressure on the Lakers. So we'll just have to see what happens. I need to, to see this. There's this number that I've been tracking for betting purposes and consistently year over year, which is, uh, I'm not going to pull up the trend right now, but in games where a team shoot over hits over 23s in a game, uh, the Nuggets hit 21 last night. The following game, the under hits like I think seventy percent of the time because the team relaxes so badly. So, little little bit of a warning sign there. Not not full proof. There are definitely outlier instances. It's going to be in rhythm, but 
It's also like how many of those games are back-to-back home. I, I just think Denver here, I'm not saying it will happen, Matt. I'm just saying the part of what could would make this a successful homestand is Denver actually shooting well in a row. And it, yeah. and you're more likely to do that at home when you're when you have a little bit of no no travel in between. So that's why that's why I'm curious because especially Denver this year has had like good shooting nights that were followed up by three straight bad ones. So this would be an outlier, but it's also an outlier just that they're playing back-to-back home games. Utah on Sunday to me is a schedule loss. I I know you're home. Uh, I get it, but and I know that they played the the Jazz tight in that first matchup where Jokic got hurt at half, and they probably would have won that game. But a back to back versus Utah, Rudy fully rested. Uh, I the Jazz have been really inconsistent and pretty rough this year, uh, comparatively speaking. But to me, this looks like a schedule loss. Like I I don't have a whole lot of like like. You know, we'll see. Like the Nuggets always play. I, I feel, I feel like that's going to be a loss. Well, so Rudy Gobert is back, and it will actually be his first, the the Jazz's first game since Wednesday. So talk about like a team that needs a vibes win. Utah's coming in on a four game losing streak. They've dropped in the standings. Yeah, that game is going to be really big to them, and they have five days somehow to prepare for it. Denver will have twenty one hours to prepare for it. Yeah. Such BS. By the way, you told me I've told you my rant, right? The Nuggets play the Jazz four times this year. Three times the Nuggets are on the second night of a back-to-back. What the heck is wrong with these people? Um, I don't know. I think the only thing I can kind of hypothesize is that because it's a shorter trip, right? Like they treat it almost like playing because they do they do back-to-backs in California too. You'll notice that the California teams will play each other on back-to-backs because it's like, okay, if you're going to have a back-to-back – at least with the Warriors, it's like you're driving two hours to Sacramento, right? Or, um, or you're it's LA, LA, right? Versus, I think there, there's this idea of Denver and Utah because they're so geographically close. Because Denver's not close to literally anything, um, and neither is Utah. That there's kind of this idea of we put those on a back to back, but it doesn't really make sense in this context because it's a home home back and back back to back, right? Like Denver's got the back to back. I don't know. Would you rather at least it's a, is it home versus the last one? It is true. At least it is home. That is that is a big difference. Like a road back to back, I think is twice as hard. But like Utah is going to probably be at the Lakers game. They'll just they're in town. They're rested. They're going to watch. They're going to scout. It's just it's just a weird it's just a weird schedule. But whatever. They played on Wednesday. This is Friday. They played on Wednesday and then they play again on Sunday. That's how long they have off. Maybe they're rusty. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, maybe 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 they're rusty. Um, we'll see. There's a lot of weird things going on with that team just in terms of like, they are, there's trade talks. Like they are a team that, mm. that may do a trade. So then they get you wins though. It's also statement. Like this could be a statement weekend for the nuggets. I'm not, again, I'm not expecting it, but Lakers jazz, you have an opportunity here to feel good about yourself for the first time in like 20 games, like really, truly good about yourself. Not just that we picked up a win here or there, but you really feel good. And by the way, Barton is a big piece if he's out. Obviously, this changes what I'm about to say, but the Nuggets are as healthy as they've been at any point this season. Basically, they have everybody back. Even Marcus Howard was back. So there is an opportunity for you to kind of feel good and say, hey, when we're complete, we're not that bad. Zamora says the Jazz show up after the Nuggets beat LA like the cheerleaders are bringing on. <laughs> like it's... Uh, All right, let's get wrap it up for Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back. We'll do a – are we doing a a recap after Saturday, after the Laker game? 
Hell yeah. We're doing a recap after the Lakers game. Especially if they win. We'll be back, <laughs> we'll be back on Saturday. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday night after the Jazz game as well. Make sure you look out for those episodes. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Guys, we jumped like 100 followers on the uh, subscribers on the week. We're close week. to 1,000. We're getting I'm really back close to 1,000. Adam, <laughs> Adam, once again, believes we can get 2,000 by All-Star break. Help out, Adam. I'm a hater. I don't believe so. Help us out. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Thanks to the folks jumping in in the comments. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.